It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. I am thrilled I get to do this for you because you are about to hear from a parenting expert who is, in the 30 years that I've been doing interviews, the best I've ever heard. Uh, she is abs- she's absolutely revolutionary and so evolved that her ideas are really a paradigm shift that can change the world. Imagine if there were conscious parents who created awakened families. Now that would be a breakthrough. Her name is Dr. Shafali Sabari. And her session today is called The Awakened Self. Dr. Shafali Sabari. We awaken when we become who we truly are. Each one of you here today answered the call to go deep within yourself to enter your highest expression, did you not? You came here today to reclaim your lost self. Each one of us is searching, yearning for that special something, call it awe, call it meaning, purpose, transcendence, presence, unbearable lightness of being. We want nothing more than to feel the deepest connection within ourselves and with others, to touch upon the wonder and abundance that we know is our sovereign right, to rediscover who we once were, to reclaim the purpose for why we were born. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. 
APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This is why we are here today, yes? But here, here is the grand irony, the great paradox of life. What you are here to reclaim, you know, you had it once. Do you know that? Here that you're seeking and searching for what that special something is, you had it once. You had it as that child who knew its might, who had wonder, grace, presence, beauty, worth, significance. That child who was able to stop by every leaf and every petal and stare at it with rapt attention, full of monk-like present moment awareness. You were that child. That child who could look at its reflection in the mirror and only see beauty, power, and perfection. You were that. That child to whom it never once occurred that they were lesser than. Not once did that thought shoot through your mind that you had to become something to be happy, that you had to do something to prove your worthiness. You were that child who was complete, whole, significant, purposeful, connected, present. You were that child. But then, something happened. The adults in your life happened. <laughs> your parents happened. Culture happened. And before you knew it, unwittingly, off you went on the conveyor belt of this system we call childhood, where sadly you were fed a daily diet of obedience compliance, how to be. You were told you are lesser than and you have to become, do, 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 accomplish, fit in, belong, accommodate, please. In other words, shed who you authentically are. And slowly, imperceptibly sometimes, but surely, layer by layer, who you essentially were was stripped off from you. Piece by piece, your selfhood was slivered into pieces, left strewn on the sidewalk of your childhood. But you, obedient, naive, so innocent, you trusted, you see? We trust our parents. We believe our culture. Maybe, maybe they do have the prescription on how to be successful, happy, and worthy. Maybe they do point to nirvana, so you, innocent as you were, compliant, you decided, you know what, you will check off those checkboxes of the checklist that culture says you should. So you did, you did. You did the grades, check. You did the achievement, the career. 
You entered the fancy zip code, you got the big car, the jewels, marriage number one. That didn't work out, okay, marriage number two. <laughs> Child number one, two, three, four. More the better. Check, 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 check. And some of you along the way, you know, the treacherous teens, some of you figured out that this is not working out. Some of you dared to enter rebellion. Of course, you were, you were magnificently subdued. But you tried. You tried. You knew that that checklist wasn't taking you to the utopic nation of happiness, so you tried desperately. You said, maybe the drugs will, so you ingested, you ingested, you ingested and pierced your innocent skin. And if that didn't work, you chased the food, and if that didn't work, you looked for the sex. But nothing really works, and then you hit midlife. Here we are. And we realize, if we dare, if we dare to realize, only the very wise, the very brave, and the very blessed to whom life opens them up, realize. This gnarling, creeping realization comes in. It dawns on you. Was I sold a bill of goods? <laughs> Did I just participate in a mass forgetting of essence? Did I just partake in a huge heist? The biggest lie, the lie that I am to become something other than unfold into who I divinely am. The heist, which is the abduction of our true self, leaving us no choice as innocent children but to put on, to don the mask of the false self. We had no choice in order to fit in to a system that made no space to recognize who we were. So I am here today to make a case against parenting. And don't be so defensive. I'm not talking about your parents or you as a parent, because we are all pawns to the same madness. We are all swimming in the same unconsciousness. You know, there's something we drink in this water called parenting that causes us, because we don't mean to do this, but somehow we all end up doing this. We shackle our children instead of liberate them. We make them enter fear instead of abundance. We pivot them to look outward of themselves to gain significance and worth instead of look inward. But this is how we were raised, you see. This water that we drink, I call it the parenting Kool-Aid. <laughs> we're all drinking it, we're ingesting it daily. It happened to us, so we do it to our children. Fear is its main ingredient. And because of fear, it quickly turns into the color of control. Now, don't send me emails saying, but I love my children. You didn't talk enough about the love. Because love tempered with unconsciousness turns into desperate need. It turns into attachment. And more treacherously, it turns into control. And control in the name of love. Whoa, you can't be released from that now. And that is often the love we have for our children. So this Kool-Aid, this parenting paradigm has to undergo a cultural metamorphosis, a revolution. It needs to be resurrected from the medieval times, yanked from the dark ages. Everything has changed in our lives. 
but this attachment between parent and child has in its DNA the same molecules from yesteryear. Yesterday, it was filled with dominance and hierarchy, and so it is today. Yesterday, its main and only tactics were shame, fear, and control, so it is today. Yesterday, the foundation was parental superiority and the engineering of childhood. Nothing has changed today. Vast advancements in technology and brain research and a lot of studies done on the power of the mother-child attachment. But what good is that if the fundamental dynamic still remains hierarchical, superior, dominant, controlling? This DNA needs to shift. It needs to go through a genetic transformation in order for us to liberate not only ourselves, but our next generations. This is pivotal. It needs to happen where we no longer look at the parent-child dynamic as dualistic, parent-to-child, where the parent is seen as the greater than and the child is seen as the lesser than, to be done to, where every parenting book out there, except mine, says, <laughs> says in some seductive way that you can fix your child that it's your child, your child, your child. So any emptiness you feel within or any way that your child makes you feel uncomfortable or goes against your grain, your values, and has the audacity to disavow and disobey, those books, they seduce you to think, I have power to change them, I can fix them, I can control them, I can prod, I can move, I can nuance, I can puppeteer. This parenting paradigm is being entertained cross-culturally, internationally, it's in my culture, in your culture, it's everywhere. It is supported, you see, by people like me, by psychiatrists and psychologists and experts who fool you into thinking that the more in control you are, the more in your ego you are, the more in authority you are, the better your children will be. What you don't realize is that if you follow the archaic paradigm, what you lose is your singular, most powerful portal for your transformation. For no one knows how to live in the moment better than children. No one. They are the gurus of living in the present moment. No mind, full-on presence. No attachment to past. No lingering desires for the future. They live solely in the present. So if you follow the archaic model, you are losing out on your portal to spiritual evolution. So I'm here to offer you the invitation that your children are hankering for, your evolution. Parenting needs to change from the child who needs to be raised to you, the parent who needs to evolve. And unless we do this, unless we stop projecting onto our children our inner scarcity, teaching them lack, teaching them that they need to pivot outside themselves, that they need to sever from who they authentically are. As long as we keep doing this, as long as we keep doing this, there will be no end to violence, conflict, bullying, and the wars we see today. Because every one of those perpetrators are severed from their true self, severed from their heart. And it starts, the power that we have as parents is that it starts with our attachment, our connection to our children. And you, you, you know, you'll argue with me and you'll say, oh, what about poverty and what about income and what about politics and education? Big pharma, what do I do? You know, life is tough. And I'll say to you, I'll say to you, 
These are just smoke screens, obfuscations. They are branches of the tree, but you and your relationship with your children is the root. It's the seed. If you can uphold their wholeness, which means that you will have to heal your brokenness, you will liberate your children. So this is our mandate as parents, our sacred calling to heal, to parent, to raise ourselves into the highest evolution so that our children can be liberated. You don't... Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. You don't need science to back up what I'm saying. You don't need brain studies to know that what I'm saying is true because you have been that child severed from spirit. You did all the check boxes and you're sitting here with annoying emptiness asking the same questions. Am I good? Am I whole? Am I worthy? So what we do because we are so in the mass seduction, the mass trance of this big forgetting from essence, what we do, we think, oh, you know, I didn't do it right with my parents, and I didn't enter wholeness, but maybe I can do it right with my children. So we become better than our parents at abducting our children's spirits. So we think to ourselves, oh, why just spend $40,000 in university, let's spend $40,000 for pre-K. Why? We can do better than our parents did. Why should we just do baseball in the neighborhood park and, and cardboard tunnels in the living room? No. Let's do calligraphy. Let's do equitation. Let's do sign language. Let's do Kumon. 
Let's do a couple of languages, a couple of instruments, and let's go volunteer in India every summer. <laughs> we become better than our parents at spirit abduction. Now, many parents push back against me and this whole idea, you're asking me to give up control, there will be anarchy if I do. Because this is the primitive way of thinking, right? It's dualistic. So if I give up something, then we go straight to hell. We're straight to homelessness. We're straight to flipping burgers in McDonald's. There is nothing in between. So great is our lack. So I get a lot of pushback from parents, and I understand, because no one wants to be told they're wrong but a parent. My 80-year-old neighbor once dared to tell me I was wrong, and I was messing up with my two-year-old, and I didn't speak to her for two months, that's all. So no one is more defensive than the parent, no one. No one wants to be told they have to give up control. I mean, finally, we get someone to control. Finally, we get someone... <laughs> finally, we get someone to puppeteer and to fill our emptiness and to mask our false self. Finally, our children come to us to complete our incomplete self. And you're telling me I need to give up control over this? Parents push back. I'm here to ease you. I'm not asking you to give up control. Rest. Keep your control. <laughs> I'm asking you to do something far more profound, far more challenging, far more severe. Give up control? Easy. What I'm asking you to do is give up your delusion that you even think you need to have control. I'm asking you to give up your superiority, the undercurrent, the underbelly of parenting, which no one wants to talk about, no one wants to talk about, is our parental thirst for superiority and the longevity of our ego. This is an inconvenient truth. I'm sorry my message is so somber and sober. <laughs> no one wants to hear this, but you have to, because this is the only way what we suffered as children can be redeemed. Only through the liberation of our children can we make sense of what we went through. Our children are not our easels upon which we get to paint the life we never had. Our children are not... Our children are not the diamonds and the jewels you get to adorn yourself with to mask your emptiness. And your children are not your puppets by which you get to fake an authentic life. Your children do not need that burden on their shoulders. They didn't ask for this. Now, our children have no choice, you see. They have no choice. My daughter had no choice. She would look at me, and if I dare to remember, if I dare to go within the depths of my heart to remember her eyes when she would turn to me, looking, yearning to see fullness and abundance mirrored back. But I was too much in my mental movie, you see. I was too much in my agenda, too much in my control of how things should be. And you need to make me look good. And I have this dream for you. And she would keep looking for herself. Where am I? I'm not that agenda, and I'm not that emptiness, and I'm not your lack. But she had no choice, you see, because I was severe, and my ego roared loudly. And young children, impressionable as they are, they have to survive by giving up their truth. And so she did, and so did all our children, and so did we. Our children have no choice.
the unconsciousness of their parents is in the air they breathe. It's in the crinkle of their bedsheets. It's in the warmth of the milk they have with their cereal. It is everywhere. So today I'm here to reclaim that choice for our children. One of my youngest clients, a 17-month-old baby, the mother brought it to me, saying, fix it, something is wrong with my child. She bought brochures with every acronym from the DSM. Is it, does my child have ASD, autism spectrum? Does it have PDD, pervasive development disorder? You know, the DSM is fantastic. It's got our kids labeled every which way. Does my child have reactive attachment disorder? What is the problem, I asked, 17 months old? What is the problem? Well, my child doesn't connect to me. My child doesn't make eye contact with me. I'm afraid there's something wrong organically with my child. Help me fix it. So in those days, I used to make home visits, so I went to the home and I said, let me observe this interaction. Let me see this evil child. <laughs> and as I always expect in my head, tattoos and piercings and, you know, weapons in their pocket, I just see desperate helplessness, wanton lostness, a desire to connect but not knowing how. And I saw she was right, this mother. This baby did not connect to her. So I sent her out of the room, and then I began to talk to the baby. And I was like, whoa, the baby's making eye contact. The baby's connecting. The baby's tracking me. We're laughing. We're playing. How am I going to share this with the mother? <laughs> so I did a brief intake on the mother's history and discovered, of course, as we always do, it takes only five minutes, that she herself had been abandoned fallen prey to addiction, searching for lost self, and never found it. She herself, so scared of connecting that she had created walls she didn't even know she created. But what was most unfathomable and mysterious and magical to me was how did this baby figure this out? How did this baby figure out that its mother was an unreliable caregiver? How did it have this intelligence? How did it absorb that it could not trust, therefore it needed to have defenses. You see, our children never trigger us. It, they never trigger us. It's we who have emotional wounds spilling out of us like lava, that anywhere they stand, <laughs> we're wounded, we're triggered. <laughs> and what about my other client, super achiever, 16-year-old Emma, who suffers from daily acid reflux, reflux because she's burdened by this idea that she needs to be perfect, of course, in a culture that thrives on achievement as the holy grail of parenting. So every night, she can barely breathe, and she needs to be pumped by anti-anxiety meds. And any time she gets anything less than an A grade, she crumbles. And what about nine-year-old Jaden, this client? He described his life, his mind, his childhood perfectly. He said, you know, everyone tells me I'm oppositional, I'm defiant, I'm so rude, I get into trouble at school all the time. They don't understand. I can barely hear them. My thoughts are racing. My thoughts are cluttered, crowded. I can barely see them. I see their mouths moving, but I can barely hear what they're saying. You see, my mind is like a labyrinth, this nine-year-old boy said to me. His mind is like a labyrinth. First, I used to hide behind a few twists and turns when my parents yelled at me or fought with each other. 
But now I'm nine years old, my goodness, those twists and turns have become cavernous and twisting, spindly lanes, and now I can't find my way out. So we have a choice here today. We can pretend that it's our children, we can go back to our archaic parenting models and keep doing to our children, keep pretending like it's they who need to be done to, not us, 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 us. We can keep pretending, but we would be no different than the prisoners in Plato's allegory of the cave. Sitting handcuffed and blinded from childhood, they stare grimly at the walls ahead of them, seeing shadows that they believe are real life. They don't know it's being lit by the sun for moving objects behind them because they've just been shackled from childhood to not look behind, conditioned to not dare to look behind, to venture out to see the source of the shadows. But were one of you today to be inspired to say, I will turn around to find the source of my illusion, to find the source of our pain, and were you to dare even greater and venture out of the cave, you would discover, after rubbing your smarting eyes, you would discover the sun. So you today, you did venture out of the cave by coming here, even if for a bit. And isn't the air we breathe here wondrous? It is the air of the true self. Your children don't live in the cave. We put them there. Your children are waiting for you, standing outside the cave, asking you, venture forth. The question is, will you answer the call? The question is, do you dare? The question is, are you ready? For the path from the handcuff to the end of the cave is a treacherous one. It's a lonely one, because that prisoner from Plato's allegory, he came back. He came back begging his fellow prisoners, you won't believe what the source of our world is. Let me show you. It isn't what you think it is. This is an illusion. He tried, just like we're trying here to tell our children, to tell you, you are greater, you are worthy, you are significant. Don't believe the illusion. But he was jeered at, he was laughed at, he was ridiculed, he faced isolation, and so will you. Because the path from handcuff to liberation is a lonely and treacherous path. So the question is, do you dare to change the paradigm? Do you dare to join your children under the sun? Do you dare? But let me warn you, let me warn you that when you get out there, the light of your true self may very well blind you. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well...
Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC.